Good morning podcast and welcome to a new episode, probably the last one of 2019 and I don't know about you but 2019 has been crazy on me. So much has changed, so much has happened and I cannot wait for 2020. And to celebrate the end of 2019, I want to bring an awesome guest on the podcast. His name is Quinn Schrock. You might know him as Everchanging Horizon on Instagram. He's a travel adventure and lifestyle photographer based out of everywhere and nowhere and we'll dig into that you'll see that's going to be awesome because in this episode we're actually going to be digging literally into his past we'll talk about happiness how he got started in life how he got started in photography what he was doing before how he went from iphone photographer to actually photographer shooting for some of the best brands around the world and what is happening with this crazy road trip going all the way down to patagonia very soon so if you're ready if you're slightly excited by that conversation i think you will absolutely love it uh, and remember if you do make sure you tag us on your instagram stories at pt lambert and at everchanging horizon we want to see it we want to reshare it spread the love and show us where you're listening from with that being said guys if you're ready let's get right into that awesome episode let's welcome quinn to the podcast welcome to the podcast quinn hey pierre happy to be here Thank you so much for taking the time. I know you're in the middle of a road trip or a very long one, so I really appreciate <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Just pulled over to the side of the road. Happy to talk. That's, that's awesome. Quinn, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask um, a, a very strange question to start. And just, just to get it kicked off, I was discussing this with a friend the other day, and I was like, you know what? I'd like to have your thoughts on, on, on that subject. And it's around happiness. I was just wondering, how would you define happiness and what do you think contributes to it? Oh, man, that is a moving target for me. Um, if you would ask me that question maybe 10 years ago, I would have had such a different answer. But uh, And it honestly changes like daily for me. But uh, shoot, right now, happiness is that I'm almost home for the holidays. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's kind of like a momentary thing. And, and I think happiness is a choice every day. And um, defining it is a really tough one for me, though. So a, a cold turkey answer to that is a little tough. Um, right now, happiness to me is being able to live on the road and do what I love, which what I love generally involves waking up somewhere new and meeting new people and feeling a bit out of my comfort zone. Uh, like, you know, I, I've been in Mexico for the last two weeks, and I assure you every morning waking up on the side of the road in Mexico, I remind myself where I am and where I'm going. And it's fun waking up to that kind of on my toes feeling and the feeling of possibility what's going to happen what's not going to happen so i love that feeling of 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 slight uncertainty and excitement every morning that's awesome that's ha that's happiness right now <laughs> that's awesome i like how you you first you, you said it's a moving target i want to kind of bounce back on that um uh -huh. because especially with what we do and i'm gonna let you introduce yourself a little bit better in a second but um uh, being a moving target and especially with like traveling and photography um having happiness change do you see it as as something do, do you feel that happiness is like something that we defined years ago for example when we decided to go full-time into a discipline or And, and that like kind of keeps constant or you think it's literally one of those daily things that no matter what you do, it's, it's there. Oh man. First off, I, I think happiness can only be found in the present moment. Um, I've, I've kind of realized that over time that I tend to live for the future or I look to the future. Um, like I'm going to sacrifice today. I'm going to work really hard today. Maybe I'm going to hate it, but it's going to build a better future. Mm. And I'll probably be much happier in the future. But right now I hate it. <laughs> you know, so like, you know, I was like, I come from a background of accounting and, and other professions that I really didn't like much, but I had my mind on the future. 
Um, and I've realized since I've started to live more passionately and, and maybe look deeper inside of me and, and, and question um, actually what what I want to be doing, what I was born with, like the, the five-year-old me, what I like to do back then. I've started to chase more the root of my happiness. And uh, yeah, I, I guess it just... Yeah, it's it's changed quite a bit, but uh, I guess that was a bit of a ramble. But um, no, no, it's yeah. I don't think Does that makes sense? I mean, it's a tough question to ask. Yeah, anyway. oh, super. Honestly, I I think that might be the toughest question to ask. So you're starting out with a bang, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I don't know. I feel like we can only flow better from there. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Yeah. It defines a person for sure. Uh, yeah. Um, so you're, you're mentioning you were like working towards the future. I, I like that. How, how, how was your like past experiences? G- give us a little outlook into what was life before what it's now and what, what changed like, like for you? Yeah. Well, a lot has changed and a lot is continually changing. Um, so yeah, I, I grew up in a big family. I, I grew up hardcore uh, religious in a Mormon family. So um, I grew up with a very defined path um, that we were kind of supposed to take or um, taught to take. And uh, I, think I had a natural inclination to not want to take the path that people told me to take, but I was a super obedient kid. Um, so I did, I did everything I was supposed to, um, I went on a mission for the Mormon church and really, honestly, I really liked it. Um, I went to, uh, a religious school, all these things. I got married young, um, and pretty much everything was going to plan. Um, uh, and, and honestly, I think I was pretty happy with that life in general, or at least in the moment I was, was pretty satisfied. I don't know if it was actually me deep down being happy or if I was just happy that I was making my parents proud and family proud and just my whole inner circle of friends we kind of had these um, these joint um, ideals of happiness and we were all kind of doing it together and then all of a sudden my wife left my ex-wife left and I was missing a huge ingredient of happiness all of a sudden my family life wasn't what it was supposed to be um and yeah so divorce isn't really a thing that i'm familiar with nobody in my family is divorced but i got divorced and so this really big uh change in my life forced me to examine it and start to define um myself for who I am and not necessarily um, for what I should do and, and these step-by-step instructions because I didn't have any instructions on where to go from when I get divorced. I guess I could pretend it didn't happen and start over and just kind of take one step back, but then continue to go in the same direction. But it had didn't have that effect on me. It was more so, man, this didn't work out. What am I going to do now? I think I'm going to completely wipe this wipe my life clean and start over and maybe do it a little bit differently this time. And it kind of like, it gave me like kind of a reckless mentality that I'd never had before in my life where um, all of a sudden I could choose what I wanted to do. And that natural inclination that I said I had where like I, I wanted to do things differently, but I didn't necessarily have any reason to do things differently because I respect my family and and my church and and how I was raised, um, all of a sudden, it almost felt necessary to try things a little bit differently and maybe go against um, everything that I don't know. I guess I was was taught I should do. So that's when I started. That's when I bought my first plane ticket and started traveling. I was about 25, I think, at the time. And yeah, so traveling wasn't really part of my uh, game plan for life. It was more so get married young, start a family young, um, get a career going as quickly as possible, things like that. So I was kind of like jumping, chomping at the bit to like, at like a domestic life. You know what I'm saying? 
I know you said you you just uh sorry random segue <laughs> you were saying uh that you you have a family now and stuff and and that's what I was looking at uh that was kind of like my idea of happiness or my uh my hope for for happiness when I was young I was just looking to having a family and kind of enjoying more of a simple life you know um so yeah obviously happiness changes so what you're sharing is is actually it, it kind of i can relate because of i did have a let's call it different life also before and for anyone listening I'm, and for myself i'm kind of curious did you have photography at the beginning or like from when you were young or is it something that you discovered in your new journey let's call it like that no definitely didn't have it when i was young um i was a slightly artistic kid um But no, I never had a camera or anything like that. And I, I found like artistic ways to express myself in like skateboarding and surfing and painting and making my own boards and stuff like that, that I got really into, but there was never a camera involved. Um, and no, I, I just started taking photos because I got an iPhone, basically, you know, it was, oh. it was just kind of like a, a natural thing. And, um, and then I started traveling at like 25 26 years old and i was just kind of documenting it with my iphone and started posting to social media and the rest is kind of history you know that's it was a pretty is a natural uh natural thing for me i guess that's a, that's amazing um we'll get into the the iphone and, and social media story but uh ju just to um kind of uh, go back into the the past life experience um uh -huh. I, i'm kind of curious how do you When you did that blank uh, state or you decided to, to like change things, was it so, so what you did, did you have it ever at the back of your mind or was it like something that never occurred to you that you could do? Like, for example, travel. Is it something you, mm -hmm. you thought about maybe deep down or, or never? It's something that just wasn't in your scope. Oh, uh, it was something i thought about constantly but it wasn't ever something i thought i could do it was just kind of like it's kind of a, a distant dream you know like i was i was really entertained by like adventurous movies like secret life of walter mitty came out like right before i i started doing what i'm doing so that was like an inspiration for me and things like that oh yeah um so I, it was it was a a big dream of mine but it wasn't anything that i was like gung-ho about pursuing or anything like that you know I, i wasn't necessarily like a a real uh go-getter type mentality and i still kind of would say that i'm not you know I, i'm not like this hmm, i don't have a huge business background or business inclination especially a business inclination towards like selling myself and uh my photography and things like that um that's probably my my least strong suit of the business that I'm in, you know? I see that make, that's interesting. Yeah. Because I, f I feel like I, for, so I, I did leave a, like an engineering job and, and wanted to do my own thing, et cetera. And, and I ended up uh -huh. where I am today. Um, and I, I did have travel always as a possibility at the back of my mind, but similar to what you're saying, it's something that, that could happen, but I needed, For you, it was divorce. For me, it was uh, less extreme in, the, in extreme in the sense where it, it did have the same impact. But for me, it was a book and reading something, being like offshore boat. And it, something hit me and I was like, I actually have a choice to do whatever. And it's something I didn't have in mind before. Um, I don't know why. It's just like, oh, get do this, do that. Uh, you, you'll make it. Um, everyone's happy with what you're doing. You should be happy too. And, uh, and, but, but those like adventures or whatever were something that were a little bit far off in the distance that almost something that you, you can only get on holidays or, and yeah. that you can't make as your life. That's why I'm asking that question. It's very, I'm very personally interested in it. And I think a lot of people mm -hmm. that I, I mean, when I receive messages from the podcast, a lot of people also do go through that transition phase. And I think it's, it just helps hearing other people's stories what what helped you the most during that transition would you say like is there one thing that helped you either keep your sanity or guide you ah uh, man what helped me the most so 
I was an I was an accountant for a year and I mean it was kind of like I was excited to have a job that I would always have and that uh, would be stable and I'd be able to support a family and then all of a sudden when my family wasn't in the near future I don't know just uh, that that type of job didn't appeal to me so um, I what got me through that, I guess, would probably be I accepted or I looked at uh, doing this job where I took kids into the wilderness and taught them survival skills. Oh, nice. It was kind of, it was kind of a huge like 180 from being an accountant in an office to living in the middle of the Arizona desert with no electronics and like surviving off the land. Um, so it was I just wanted something that was the exact opposite that I could get excited about and kind of see through the, the hard time with, I guess. Um, and that, that really helped me through that. And also to get a little bit more excited about nature and the outdoors and just adventurous type stuff that I'm, I guess, known for at this point, you know, that's, that's awesome. Especially seeing what you're doing now. It's, I mean, before we started, I, I did know you, you, you changed career and stuff, but Um, I didn't know the ins and outs, and I think it makes anyone's story even stronger. And especially what what you might be creating, um, it I think story gives context, and context helps make the story bigger or more uh, appealing, or, or simply you know have people <laughs> relate more in a way. Um, yep, definitely. Speaking of, so let, let's dive a little bit into that that photographic journey. So you're out there with your iPhone um, and you start posting. What, wh how do you, is it, is it, do you start like just taking random stuff and you luckily blow up on Instagram or, or what was the process like? Yeah. I mean, I was given a huge leg up on, on most people because I lived in Hawaii. Oh, so almost everywhere you turn in Hawaii, whether you're facing the mountains or the ocean, Uh, you know, there's a photo and an iPhone can capture it because it's really does look that good. It's it's pretty amazing always. So, yeah, I, I got started in Hawaii. Just I got started wanting to take photos in Hawaii because it was so beautiful. You know, mm. uh, it was an inspiration to take that photo. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of the beginning of the, the iPhone days. And um Then I moved off of Hawaii when I when I took the job in Arizona guiding the kids in the in the wilderness, um, and that's when I started road tripping. So this this job where I went into the wilderness and lived off the land, um, it was a week on week off schedule. So fully fully immersed in nature without electronics for one week, and then we would have one week where we completely have off. And most of the people that I worked with would you know, sit around, watch movies and kind of enjoy their week off. And for me, I just wanted to explore because my newfound like inspiration in nature um, that I found in Hawaii and now I'm in Arizona, I kind of wanted to continue. I was so into it. So I would just do road trips on that week off. So I went to Colorado for the first time and I explored Arizona and all these different new places. And I got pretty excited about that. Um, and I met just a friend. Her name was Kate. Um, and she had a DSLR camera. Um, so I started to kind of see how she was taking photos and how potentially it would be a really fun thing to get into and, and to pursue, you know, that's awesome. I, I like, first, I love the fact that you just started with your phone just because I'm sure you get hundreds of DMs asking you what camera you use every day. And, uh, totally. <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> especially when people are like hey i'm trying to become better what camera should i buy i'm like okay wrong <laughs> wrong question but <laughs> sure let's let's talk for, about it um for sure yeah. when, when did you did you feel at what point did you feel limited what did you see in that girl the way she was shooting that uh you, you took out of it and then applied yeah i mean i remember going to it was a uh, double arch in arches national park i remember trying to take photos with my phone midday in this like super harsh desert environment and turning to kate and being like man this is the coolest place i've ever been but these photos are not turning out like it's pretty sad it like doesn't capture it at all it was either 
really, really bright or really dark. You know, I, I could, didn't have the dynamic range and I didn't really have the ability to even adjust exposure or anything like that with my phone. So um, I turned to her. I was like, ah, oh, this sucks. Check out these photos. They don't look that good. And she's like, man, I love my photos. Like, check out mine. And she was able to adjust like the, you know, aperture, exposure, all these things. And it was turning out exactly how we were seeing it. <laughs> so that's when I started to kind of see the merit of first off having a camera camera and also that there were so many different settings that you could potentially use to your benefit based off of what you wanted to portray in the in the photo, you know. That's so it was a bit that was a big realization for me. Nice. So what was your next step? Did you Amazon delivered in, in the middle of Arizona camera? No, actually the well the next step was I took a really big road trip with Kate, uh, who owned the the camera. I think it was a Canon uh, T2i. Um, yeah, so she owned the camera. I was like, I, I love these road trips. It's so fun taking photos. And on top of that, we both were basically well-versed in living off of very little because we were working at a wilderness survival program. So we were pretty into nature and, and we didn't need much to survive. Um, so I proposed a huge road trip from Arizona to California, California up to Vancouver, Washington, or Vancouver, uh, BC, and over to the Canadian Rockies, over to the East Coast of the, of the States. Basically, all the places that I'd seen photos of that I'd wanted to go to, it was just kind of connecting bucket list locations in Northern America. North America. I don't know why I say Northern <laughs> North America. Um, so yeah, it, we, we hit so many different places. We hit all countries of North America, including, you know, Mexico, Belize, Guatemala, all the way down to Panama. Uh, it was a, I think five, five and a half month trip, almost 30,000 miles. Whoa. And the whole, the whole time I didn't have a camera. I was just, we were sharing the T2i. Wow. Um, what lens did you guys use the kit lens or? Yeah, that's all we had. We had the kit lens, uh, 18 to 55. I remember it didn't have autofocus. So or a lot of the times autofocus wouldn't work. So oh God. yeah, that was the cam <laughs> camera I learned on and I learned how to manually focus. So I think that honestly helped. I mean, never did I realize that I'd continue to take photos, like that it was going to be like the basis of my career at this point. But it was really nice to have such uh, crappy equipment in the beginning and like get that really dialed so that when I got a nice Sony camera the next year, it was like amazing and it was easy, you know? Yeah, I feel like the, your adversity in, in a way with that camera <laughs> definitely paid a yeah. benefit. It's like accelerated learning from, uh, you know, from let's say people who pick it up when they're kids was like, shitty cameras and then like manual and then they, they keep going so you just had that all into a road trip <laughs> yeah totally and, and kate was such a good photographer and i think probably the biggest thing is we hit at least one more like three locations every day for five months straight so talk about a good way to get into photography is Yeah. going out and shoot shooting a thousand photos every day for five months straight you know so it, it was a good way to learn and it, like you know I, i i don't have a lot of time as a photographer but i do think that i've shot quite a bit that's you know, yeah so. yeah i feel like and especially nowadays where um i don't like to say social media helped or didn't help on the contrary i think i mean it's it's just there is more opportunity to learn see places and uh learn faster than ever before and i i see it with with friends who pick it up very quickly yeah totally that's a good part that that's awesome so that that adventure and let's let's fast forward like i'm i'm curious how 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 did you end up where you are today like uh i would say you you made like most of what you do is photography correct yeah uh, i don't do video much i've done video a little bit but i just can't deal with the i guess the nitpicky editing processes and yeah. like going back and forth with clients i like to post like one-off videos just to instagram but um not super into uh you know client work with video 
Got it. And in terms of photo, did did uh, would you say Instagram like helped to get their clients, or or did you go chase them, or how did how did that happen? Yeah, it's all Instagram, man. Like I like I said, I'm not a huge go getter type uh, businessman, so I owe it all to Instagram. Um, I mean, I, I work really, really freaking hard to continually be getting new and exciting content. So it's not a walk in the park by any means, but I focus almost all of my efforts onto creating new and exciting content that potentially will lead to more clients reaching out as opposed to me like pitching specific clients, um, different, uh, you know, concepts and things like that. I haven't ever gotten into that much. That's that's the you're on the good side, man. Um, pitching is, yeah, I mean, it's fun and not. I think your approach, where you create what you love and people want to replicate it for with maybe their brands or, or their stories, is is actually the the best approach for creative. Yeah, honestly, I I think about it all the time. I think I'm missing a huge opportunity. I probably could be making a lot more money um, if I wanted to. But in the end, I got into this industry to enjoy my life, to find a good uh, work-life balance, all those things. So if I was pitching and, and really more like uh, proactive and all that, I feel like it would just, I would burn out really fast and I wouldn't enjoy it nearly as much as I do now. At least right now, when I have clients reach out to me, um, they're reaching out because they already like my my style. They want my style with their brand. So I don't necessarily have to conform to them as much as I would if I was maybe reaching out to a brand myself. Then they would have the the power to kind of command and change what I do for their liking. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because uh, I imagine a brand that comes out to you and if they're like, oh, we want it like that, then you can always say, well, you came to me for what I do if you wanted someone else, just get someone else. Exactly. Yeah. So that's, that's my hope. And it's, it's been generally successful. Obviously there's, there's some jobs that are better than others, but uh, it's, it's been a pretty good balance so far. I'm pretty happy with it. That's awesome. That's, um, that's cool. So um, regarding, I, I noticed uh, your post with Chelsea not long ago, I was chatting with her and, and I saw that you guys went to Texas. How oh, on yeah. earth did you find that place? Like, because everything I've ever heard of Texas is everything but that. So tell me more. Yeah, yeah man. Uh, that's, that's been in the back of my mind for a long, long time. Maybe my most, mm, my biggest passion, one of my biggest passions is uh, is basically exposing underexposed and underrated areas especially in the states because that's where i'm from it's such a big country and so much publicity for like adventure tourism goes to utah california the pacific northwest and i've realized that there's a lot more potential in so many different places namely michigan alabama and now texas like there, there are certain states that don't necessarily scream adventure, but for me, it's been that much more exciting to find places that are a little bit more uh, underground or less less known, you know? So that place in particular, I've, I've been wanting to do uh, a bayou trip for a long time, probably because I did one with my family when I was about 12 years old. Mm. And I, I have a vivid memory of, of taking a, a crocodile tour and our our driver like feeding the crocodile and seeing how big the crocodile was. <laughs> um, you know, it was just like mind blowing and probably one of those experiences that subtly pushed me into what I'm doing now. It was it was really, really cool. Um, so I wanted to go there and, and capture not necessarily the crocodiles because I don't feel comfortable doing that like in in a lot of ways uh they're super scary and huge <laughs> but but i do also remember just looking around at the moss and the sun shining into the moss and how like hairy and and how much character there was in those uh environments and you just never see them on instagram for some reason so 
yeah no i've been trying to make that trip happen for years and uh finally did it that's awesome and well that, what you tried to do definitely worked because the moment i saw it um i think i said first through chelsea i was like where on earth is she you know and i'm not from the states so i'm from france originally so anything i know about the states is uh mostly the famous spots and what i discover as i'm going along but there are places i do have a lot of uh let's say preconceived ideas of, of what the places might look like and it's it's actually awesome and refreshing to see um something like that surprise you you know like the bayou with the I think it was fall and you, you guys had like those insane colors. By the way, for anyone listening that has no understanding of what I'm talking about, just go to Instagram and, and uh, find Quinn at Everchanging Horizon. And uh, you, you, will, uh, you will understand very, very quickly what I'm talking about. <laughs> mm-hmm. Did you have uh, yeah. there like alligators and like crocodiles in the water? So uh, we researched it um, and apparently there are alligators and the whole time we were looking for them <laughs> but we never found them okay. uh, it's not like we really wanted to find them but uh we were definitely mindful of it and ready for it if it happened i guess as ready as you can be but uh <laughs> no we we saw a lot of oh man i forget what kind of bird it is but it's this beautiful uh bright white bird oh crane uh, we, we yeah it was like a small crane uh and they they contrasted perfectly with the landscape because it was pretty dark and it was bright orange and like kind of dark trunks so uh a white bird just stood out perfectly on the landscape that's amazing you have um, a shot that i that really stood out for me which was uh actually that that white crane with i think what did you shoot at 200 300 millimeters uh yeah i have what a lens it's a 24 to 240 it's, it's really really nice because like we were shooting wide shots yeah. of like the tree tunnel and stuff like that. So I, I just had one lens on a 24 to 240. I was able to shoot wildlife and like, you know, pretty wide. Oh, that's so awesome. It's, do, do you like yeah, yeah, it's not to, I don't know. I tend to be afraid of lenses that go that far. I mean, for the wildlife, it's awesome. Are you referring to like the amount of range it has? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm like the opposite of a of a tech snob, like a lens snob, like <laughs> because most I mean, to be honest, most of my stuff is just for social purposes. Occasionally I do uh, magazine work or something like that. But I've never had like a client say, oh, this sorry, this image isn't high enough quality or or I don't know, like like it's, it's a little too enough. blurry or, or something <laughs> like that. You know, like for some reason I'd. I mean, I don't have very many low aperture lenses and I've never felt the need to like, you know, upgrade my lenses and spend the extra three grand for each lens. It just, I would rather put that money into like trips or, or whatever. I like, I, I've had the same lenses almost my whole career. I don't really upgrade the lenses at all. And so the, the 24 to 240 is a variable aperture. I think it's 3.5 to 6.3. So mm-hmm. when I'm at, when I'm at 240, I'm only, I'm at 6.3, but because of Sony, I can, I can kind of push the, the ISO up to like 2000 and be like generally pretty fine with the, uh, with the quality. That's awesome. Uh, what's, what's, yeah. your, what's in your gear bag right now? Well, most of the time, well, honestly, before before I pack my bag every time, I kind of know what where I'm going and what the landscape is to some extent. So, I would say like 75% of the time, 16 to 35 is like sufficient for anything I'm doing. And then when I have some wildlife involved, I'll just bring the 24 to 240. Um, Occasionally, I like I shoot landscapes at 240 just to uh, compress the layers or whatever, but that's not super common. Um, so, so I usually bring the 16 to 35 f4, and if it's needed, the 24 to 240. Um, maybe if I'm shooting like a night shot, which I honestly haven't shot a night shot like this year. Um, <laughs> maybe I would bring the 28 2.0. I use that for some night photography sometimes. 
but yeah, I, my, uh, my gear is pretty simple in that way. Like I don't have much else, but I, I use the A7R3, the Sony A7R3 and, and occasionally a GoPro. That's awesome. Do you know Jackson Grove? Yeah, I did a job with Jackson, uh, in Peru this year. Got it. Cool. So I had him on the podcast and, uh, uh, and we're talking gear also, and he did, he did surprise me with his philosophy also where he literally has one camera, one lens most of the time. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I find it very freeing, but I find it also very scary, uh, for what I do. <laughs> uh, definitely. So I really, yeah. I really like when you, you guys are able to like keep it like that. And for most of what people shoot, to be honest, and especially when you're in the outdoors, you're totally right. You don't need to go to F1 for F2. It's, it's a little bit over overrated in that sense. Yeah. Well, that's my, yeah, that's definitely my thinking. Uh, I know a lot of people that kind of define their style by low aperture. And if, if you do that, that's great. That makes your photos stand out. And for them, it's absolutely necessary. But for me, I don't know. I've, I've never really wanted to focus on editing or showing off like, um, I guess the power of technology in any way. Mm-hmm. I don't really, I don't really want somebody to see a photo and think, man, what lens was this shot with? <laughs> or like, you know, what camera does he use? Like, I need to get that. Ca- it's more so like, I want somebody to see my photo and be like, that's in Texas. Like Texas is sweet. Like, like kind of change, like preconceived notions on places and just in general, like get people excited to explore the world. Um, whether it be like in their backyard or like, wow, this place exists in Switzerland. That's like insane. One day, maybe I'll make it there. It's like something to look forward to and and work towards and just to appreciate nature and the planet a little bit more, you know, that's more so what I want to focus on as opposed to, uh, the tech specs on everything. (laughs) That makes sense. That that makes sense. I mean, it's all about the story at the end of the day. Um, I like to yeah. remind people the only reason you like a photo is because you get an emotional reaction out of it. Whether it's yeah, oh, oh, I don't even know how you pronounce that, but oh, or like oh, you're being shocked negatively or positively. It's it's all that that's the only thing that counts in your photo, and, and what you use the tool should only uh, be there to support your vision behind. Definitely. So tell me, Quinn, uh, moving forward, how what do you see? What what are your next trips like? What are, what big project are you really or big or small are you excited about aside from Christmas? Because everyone's excited. About <laughs> yeah, what's bigger than Christmas, man? Uh, no, I uh, I'm I'm driving from I'm driving all the way down to Patagonia in my new van. So it's it's honestly like the biggest trip I've ever done. Wow! So I'm re- I'm really excited for that. Um, it's nothing sponsored or anything like that. It's just a complete passion project. It's kind of going back to my roots. Like, like I said, I, I got started on that big road trip around North America and I just want to extend it into South America with, with the new van that I just made for myself. So it's, it's kind of like this really big ongoing, ongoing passion project where I, I built this van this year and I started the road trip, I went all the way over to the East Coast for the fall and down to Florida and into into Mexico and all that. And I was going to ship it from Mexico to Colombia for the holidays and fly home. But then I realized that shipping it from Mexico could be really sketchy and they could loot the van and I could lose a lot of my possessions that I need for the trip. So. Yeah. Yeah, so I ended up driving it back up to the States and, and thinking that I was going to ship it from Texas. But then I realized eh, it's only like a one and a half day drive from Texas to home. So I'm just driving it home to California and I'll probably hang out in California for the holidays for like two weeks to take a little break and uh, just recharge my batteries and figure out uh, the second half of the trip, which is all South America. I'm going to ship the van from from like LA to uh, Colombia, and then I'll do Colombia to Patagonia in like four months. That's awesome. Have you um, have you explored that region ever, the South South I've, America? So I've I've been to Peru. I think maybe three or four times. Uh, I just keep going back to Peru, and every time it's better and better. 
Right. Um, so I'll definitely, I'll definitely hit Peru, but this, the point of this trip is more so to explore everywhere that I haven't. Um, so from Ecuador or from uh, Colombia, Ecuador, Peru, Chile, Argentina, those are the main countries. Awesome. If you go to Colombia, uh, there's a, a place, I don't know if you've ever been, but it's called the Choco region. It's on the Pacific coast. And sadly, you can't take your van. <laughs> there is no road to get oh, to gotcha. the Pacific coast. I mean, there is only one road from Buenaventura. And I highly recommend you, if you can, just like take a flight, go for a few days. If you want to feel like you're in Jurassic Park, um, this is perfect. And it's one of the places in the world that where it rains the most. Uh, it's like the place where it rains the most in the world. And it's like those chains of mountains of pure jungle, but really high, uh, that are basically blocking the whole Pacific coast from the ocean and you fly over those and you know that all the cartels were hiding in there doing their trade and then you arrive on the the coastline and uh, the the people there are a little bit different meaning from the rest of the country uh and and it's completely secluded you have no roads to access so only people come with the with the plane and it's it's just completely out of this world i, I really felt like i was in jurassic park at the time Wow. Yeah, no, I'll have to check that out. Thanks for the recommendation. <laughs> You're welcome. But um, uh, Quinn, I want to be mindful with your time, uh, but I, I kind of want to answer a question that a lot of people um, kind of struggle with and something that a lot of them share with me. They're like, how do you deal with like being non-inspired? You know, after a little while, maybe you should too much of the same. And uh, you're you're struggling to find something fresh, even in beautiful locations. What has that ever happened to you? Do you have any tips? Yeah, yeah. No, I honestly I ask that question to other people all the time because it's it's a super real um, problem and struggle that I deal with all too often. Um, I think uh, I think in the beginning, I didn't deal with it very much when I was learning and it was very new. And then now that I've been doing it about five years, I feel like uh, it's it's kind of an increasing struggle. Um, and for me, it was I hit a, a low point and I just I needed a fresh scenery. So that's when I made this van and I didn't travel at all from January February, March of this year. And I learned how to make a van, which was basically learned how to construct a house. <laughs> um, so I started working with wood and paint and I don't know, like the whole, even like the wiring of it all and like rigging the solar panels, all these things. It's like so stressful, but it got my mind off of the monotony that can happen when you start shooting the same things over and over, or like you, you accept certain jobs that feel redundant or something like that. So it was a really good stress. It was a stress that was really intense in the moment, but that I, I got over and I succeeded. And now I'm living in this van full time. So not only was it like a, a really good experience making the van, but I was able to put my work to the test instantly. And I'm, it just makes it so much sweeter to drive around your own creation and, you know, cook food in your own creation, sleep in it. And it's just, it, it has really helped uh, kind of brighten my, brighten my horizon, yeah. <laughs> brighten my uh, just outlook on life that I'm, I'm kind of living my own way and, and doing it my own, on my own terms. So that was a really big way. Like that was kind of the macro scale of, of how I was able to come out of a creative rut. But then on a daily basis, it can feel a little bit repetitive continually. And and for me, it's like when I'm traveling in Mexico, for me, it's like talking to locals and hmm. and, and really trying to understand them. Like, oh, yeah, you're a taxi driver. That's cool. Like, do you like that? He's like, oh, yeah, I guess so. It's like, well, yeah, like kind of like really, really actually get interested in how people live and who they are. And, and kind of like, at least for me, it's like sometimes I come away with, man, I think I could be a taxi driver in Mexico or man, I'm so glad I'm not a taxi driver in Mexico. But either <laughs> way, it's like it's like getting me out of my own little like confined bubble, which I live a really weird life 
at like that I'm a Instagrammer and I make money doing basically tourist activities. It's a crazy privileged and charmed life. And I constantly forget that, you know, for some reason, it's like human nature. I constantly take it for granted. I constantly forget that I'm in this really, really awesome situation that I've created for myself and that I've been lucky enough to like fall into also. Um, so yeah, no, for me, getting out of creative ruts is kind of like just getting out of my head and, and embracing whatever the world is that's in front of me and, and trying to understand what it's like from other people's perspectives, kind of like what you're doing with this podcast, you know? Yeah. Uh, like, do, does it help you like with your situation to talk to other people and, and kind of like get into their life a little bit and then you look at your life a little differently? It, it helps and doesn't sometimes. So it's gotcha. double-edged sword. If, uh, imagine you're doing, you're staying for six months in an office and you have um, people who are doing a lot of outdoors or like adventures, then you feel like you're missing out. And then you have people totally. who are doing the contrary and you are outdoors. And then you're like, oh yeah, I'm so happy. So yeah, I think with but like, it's, tell me. it's so weird. Cause like, yeah, I said, I got out of my creative rut by literally not traveling. Yeah. I mean, maybe I wasn't in an office, but I literally woke up to my parents' driveway every morning. You know, it it wasn't a it wasn't a grand like Vista in Mexico or or Texas or whatever, <laughs> like what I'm doing now. But surprisingly, the monotonous routine life for me was what I needed to appreciate the the lack of routine and like the freshness of every day. So like when you ask me what is happiness in the beginning, right now I'm like I'm pretty stoked about the like waking up somewhere new and fresh and, and whatever right now, but that gets old. And then I have to like, kind of, it's like a yo-yo effect or it's like a balance for me. Like I have to do one thing and it's really exciting and then it gets old and then I have to go back to the other thing. It's kind of just like this back and forth to be able to appreciate one thing. You got to kind of go to the other side and then back and forth for me, you know? It's yeah, I I can hundred percent relate with what you're saying. What you're saying, we went on a one year world tour with my wife and like nonstop kind of, except for a month where we had to come back to the US for visa stuff. But yeah. I remember, uh, especially for her, it was that that was a struggle after a while. You know, it's like two weeks you're happy, three weeks, one month, two months. After a while, you start to be like, wow, that's a lot of moving around, and uh, yeah. And it it gets it does get old, which is surprising because any anyone you talk to are like, wow, you have the best life, the best job in the world. Um, but it's it's all like you said, it's all about balance. Uh, you want stuff to kind of balance it out. And when I used to work as as an engineer, my, my sister who, who would I would say has a nine to five. Um, I think my dad never understood sometimes why we love to travel so much. And she had a really good answer. She was like, traveling and backpacking and going to those countries makes me appreciate what I have in my normal days. And if I were to go on just luxury trips, I wouldn't feel the same way when I get back home. Just because you, if you have too much of the same thing, let's say you live in a nice apartment and when you go away, you go in another nice apartment you're actually missing that contrast that makes that brings beauty just like an image an image all white or all black is not is not i mean is boring there's nothing you know yeah. but if you add mm -hmm. contrast if you add the white and the black and then you add multiple shades of color that's when you get something out of it definitely so yeah, yeah it's exactly. a good balance man i think we're we're on a never ending uh, journey of of balancing shit out to keep our happiness yeah it's all about balance it really is and uh, yeah, I'm excited for this two weeks of not working, not shooting in the holidays, but then I'm really excited to get back to it. You know, just kind of got to appreciate where you're at is, I guess, the main point. Yes, absolutely. Quinn, um, do you want to leave uh, people who are listening with uh, a little something they should be thinking about maybe for the holiday season or the new year, like 2020? Oh, man. <laughs> I feel like happiness is a choice every day to wake up grateful, whether you're waking up to a bad situation or a good situation. You know, if you're waking up to a bad situation that 
you can that you're going to have to work at and eventually overcome you know like my my most important days were my worst situations you know like my divorce really defined where I'm at today and created a new happiness where I'm much happier than I ever was. So I think uh, just just choosing happiness every day, making the most of the moment. I think it will resonate with a lot of people and it, it will just remind us not to get caught up in the, in the small shitty details and remember that yeah. if you wake up, if you do wake up, it means you're still alive. You do have a chance to do something. Or to feel For something. Sure. <laughs> I met someone in the, sure. the other day. I'm like, hey, how is your day? She's like, oh, it's okay. I'm like, well, at least you still have two legs and you're alive. So it's not too bad. <laughs> she looked yeah. at me so weird. In my head, I was like, mm, maybe that was inappropriate. But I was, I was thinking, <laughs> I'm like, you're in a really nice place in this world. Perspective. Definitely. Perspective is what we need. Quinn, Definitely. thank you so much. Where can people find you online? So Instagram, Everchanging Horizon. Also Facebook, Everchanging Horizon. Everchanginghorizon.com. And I just started a TikTok, so that's exciting too. Yes, <laughs> welcome But, to the uh, club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I got like 2,000 followers on there. But uh, oh, Everchanging oh. Horizon on everything but YouTube. I got to get on the YouTube. Thing. Oh, Thank you so much. We'll talk to you maybe in another episode or somewhere around the world. Sounds good. Thanks, Pierre. Wow, guys, that was quite an adventure. I want to thank Quinn again for taking the time to be with us. And I want to ask you a little something. If you liked that episode, if you actually got any value out of any of the episodes on the podcast, please make sure you share it in your Instagram stories, on your Twitter, on your Facebook, with your dog, cat, grandmother, anyone. And remember please leave a five-star rating on iTunes. Only 20 of you have done it so far. I'm counting on you guys. Come on. There are a lot more people that are listening. Don't be lazy. Pull up that app and do it right now. Thank you so much. Now have an amazing end of 2019 and welcome 2020 with open arms. See you.